All right, so lecture 11, part one, um, end time Sodom and Gomorrah, which is very interesting to, to talk about. My favorite little funny snippet from it, because sometimes Avraham's pretty funny. She <laughs> says, Lot's wife, she must have been a big woman. <laughs> that one caught me off guard as I was cleaning. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> super funny. But anyway, so what lessons can we learn from um, uh, this selection of near-death experiences and, and scriptures and, and things? Uh, what were things that really stood out to you as far as like takeaways and like um, propelling more study and, and insight into the, the end time? One thing that's always kind of hung with me about Lot's wife I always thought she was probably evil or something rooted in Babylon, but I think I think I might have figured this out when I read the Abraham book. I can't remember, but it just came to me that she looked back because she's worried about her loved ones that she was leaving. And mm -hmm. I was just like, oh dear, that it was just a good lesson to me if that comes me you know don't go back don't go get anything just leave right now you've got to do it and obey no matter who's back there or i guess that's the thing that helps my mind you know like you would wonder oh dear you know whatever's happening and who's there yeah it gives a lot of insight into the the role of of um kings and queens proxy saviorship and, and everything right because that whole story we have mm -hmm. lots of different levels of, of things that are happening what's abraham's response to the news i mean he his heart just like bursts and is is overwhelmed like pleading with the lord and bargaining for his people and knowing that the time is 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 finally here and what's lot's response what's uh, lot's wife's response and um what we can take away from that as kings and queens of the gentiles and and of um, israel in the last days are are we at the last minute going oh no i i think if i go back i can uh, get some people when it, <laughs> yeah, 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 enough yeah. time kind of thing right yeah that story is, is so impactful mm -hmm, it is i think about i actually think about it quite a bit mm -hmm. Um, let's see, just looking through some of these. I found it interesting, um, right there where he is talking about lot. Let's see. So this is, uh, the minute 1705, um, how lot could be a proxy savior for others if he chose to be, but apparently he did not have any, like given another shot, like, okay, lot. Who else needs saved here? Kind of a thing, versus um, what was what was happening. Um, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, thy sons, daughters, whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. Um, that commission to to be uh, a proxy saver for them to provide physical protection, um, uh, to provide the let's see. Because I, I said that wrong, because the seraphim are the ones actually uh, uh, doing the action. The the son's servant level are the ones that are um, 
uh, meriting the physical protection. <laughs> Sorry, my brain. Um, but anyway, I, I thought that that was very interesting. And again, trying to apply it to my own life. What if today angels show up and are like, okay, who? Who have you been a proxy savior for? Let's bring them out. Uh, now's the time kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, no, give me some more time. <laughs> you know, and and would I be like Lot? Would I be like Lot's wife? Or or would I be like uh, Abraham in, in that position? Uh, anyway, it was just very interesting to ponder on this week. That's, I, okay, that makes sense. I, I missed that. Um, how he could have been a proxy, proxy savior. So it's not like they were asking him and he just couldn't think of anybody, right? It's, which is, yeah, I just haven't ever really read it closely. But um, so, so are you, so you're saying they're asking him, like if, if he, like if he, if he would have been in that place of, the sun seraph then he could have saved whoever right or whoever he you know he was a proxy savior too mm-hmm. is that what you're saying but he just wasn't on that level the thing is he was called to be on that level we have uh, the account with the whole um where he's kidnapped and Abraham goes and saves him with the kings and all of that kind of stuff. He's called as a son's servant in that episode. And, and so the angels are checking him here saying, okay, so what have you done with your stewardship? Have you actually saved anybody? Wow. Or, or I, I mean, you chose to, you chose to live here in this beautiful place with the covenant to save people. Did you save anyone? And, and he has to answer, nope, sure didn't. I mean, I, I've got my, my daughters and uh, my wife that's going to come out, but that, that's it. That's all that would listen to me. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something to ponder on, huh? <laughs> and so, like, uh, am I going to have the same experience when whatever happens or anything? And hmm, interesting. Stiff-necked and hard-hearted. <laughs> What was that? Are we going to be stiff-necked and hard-hearted? <laughs> I got a really stiff. Every time that I wake up with a stiff neck, I'm like, "Oh no, what happened in my dreams?" Stiff-necked. <laughs> oh, I wake up like that every day. <laughs> uh, I love that, and it's just that that pattern. You know, you're like the angels asking him if there's anybody else. Like they obviously know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but that you see that so much in the scriptures, you know, the, the Lord, or I guess messengers sometimes just that asking those questions and the importance of letting that person answer. Right. And mm-hmm. so just saying anyways, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for that insight. Yeah, we all have to to give a report uh, at some point. You know, our modern prophets have given a few examples of that. I think, wasn't it Kimball? I know Nelson has um, some that are like, okay, the inevitable day when you have your interview, when you're returning and reporting to to the Most High, here's the account of your stewardship that you're going to have to give. And uh, likewise, every person gives an accounting for their 
stewardship their level of the ladder, their talents that they were given? Uh, how did you use them? How did you, what did you do? Did you do my work or did you <laughs> uh, eat, drink, and be married kind of thing? On the other hand, Abraham, he stepped right in and was like being willing to take on the role of proxy savior for whoever and he was trying to bargain with the lord with you know how you know and he says well what if i can get this many what if i can any but he, he was willing to step in for whoever mm -hmm. kind of makes fun of um abraham thing or no yeah is it Abraham we're talking about? Mm -hmm. He kind of makes fun of him saying he's counseling the Lord. But I took it as Abraham knew he went boldly before the throne of God. Like he yeah. knew his that he had kept his covenant and he knew God had to keep his covenant. Like he had a familiar relationship with God enough that he could bargain. And Abraham tells us ourselves we should bargain with the Lord. So yeah. I don't I don't think that it was it was it wasn't it was a righteous thing that he was going after. For so sure. it can't be that he was overstepping his bounds or being disrespectful to the Lord. I think it showed that he was calling on the covenant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It I find the whole uh, story very interesting, right? Uh, with the, the Blessings of Abraham book, you kind of get like the the timeline, uh, more accurate picture and stuff, because he had just barely entered into circumcision. He was still healing from it at the time that this happened. Like, I mean, <laughs> I can only imagine for uh, a baby versus an old man what that, that feels like, that like, oh my goodness, like he he was willing to throw everything out. Like he was in tremendous pain. He couldn't hardly walk kind of thing. And here he is going, no, I will give everything if you'll just save people. Like this is the work of, um, uh, of the Lord. And, and like you said, I, he was just so willing to, to do all of it. It was a very humble um, pleading because he knew the covenants that he had made and he had just entered into a, a very, uh, a serious one with the uh, circumscribing and so uh, anyway I, yeah <laughs> I know we do like to uh, make jokes and, and stuff or whatever and but it's kind of like well if you can't prove it don't say it <laughs> kind of a thing in in this scenario because uh, uh, anytime we kind of do that tongue-in-cheek uh, versus uh, against Abraham I'm like mm, I don't I don't think so I, I think that this was a very righteous very and, and the Lord uh, was expecting it too um, it was kind of a, a proof, like, okay, you've entered into this covenant, you've entered into circumcision, you've had your whole tribe um, uh, doing this particular covenant. Now, are you going to act like it? Or are you going to be like Lot, who's over here going, no, can you just save me, please? <laughs> I, I haven't uh, done my work yet. Anyway, yeah, it, the Abraham story and the Hezekiah story are like my two favorite stories of all time. There's just so much to learn from them. Um, let's see, what else do we got in here? We have some kind of 
little dark. Um, some of the scriptures that he referred to, I kept reading and call oh, my camera's weird today. It's showing how tired I look. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, I, I kept reading and it was so yucky and horrific, like the sacrificing children and passing them through the fire and blood and and just how wicked these people were. And then Abraham points out, hello, this is gonna, this is happening. And I know in another um, lecture, he had talked about the satanic rituals that are going on. And sometime this week, I ran into a YouTube channel that recently has done, exposed more of it in Utah. Um, having to do with the, you know, the political leaders and there's, it's all, it's embedded inside of our church. Like it's not our church at all, but these people are everyday members. And I did not want to listen. It was hours and hours and hours, but I actually went through it all. And I felt like Spencer having to witness that horrific stuff that went on in Tahiti. Mm. Like, the Lord protected me as I was listening to it. Like I didn't feel just totally ripped apart. Like I would have five years ago to hear the, some of the details. I mean, I did skip over some stuff cause it was, it was horrific, but um, like I had to know the depth of the evil that is present currently present. Like we're not talking allegory. And it was so yucky. I was going to call Tracy and be like, <laughs> but she had such, no, you had such a spiritual week that I'm like, I can't, it's so dark and yucky, no, but I know a lot the, about that stuff though. Cause I know we'll talk, but I don't want to, Oh, it was so horrific, but the scriptures were describing exactly what I had heard. Um, and the ones that he mentioned in Genesis and Ezekiel. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like totally justified. When the destructions come, this will be 100% justified. And I keep thinking, is it me, Lord? Is it me, Lord? And then I'm like, dude, I'm not involved in that. Like, <laughs> I I don't trample the temple. Like, I know <laughs> it. Mm. Isaiah's descriptions, you know, it, do, it does convict me on a lot of levels, but I am not involved in that and it is happening. So it, I don't know, there's just such a wide divide between good and evil. And I guess I always thought I was straddling, you know, cause I have sins and stuff, but I'm like, oh boy, no, I'm doing much better than I thought I was doing. If that truly mm -hmm. is the condemnation of what's going to happen and why it's going to start on our house, yeah. on the Lord's house, then have at it because it is horrible. Mm -hmm. Don't Great. go look for it if you yeah. haven't run into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite wild, isn't it? It's shocking. And what you learn about it is you read the scriptures, you can see that's what they're talking about. Like, yes. They were sacrificing babies right there. I remember when I was reading the Old Testament, maybe on my third round, and then I knew what I knew. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's all over. 
that was so prevalent and it's still prevalent. It's like so hidden though. Mm -hmm. Abraham says that's where it devote, you know, where it, it ends up is murder. Or was it? Anyway, I saw it. I mean, these, uh, yeah. Mm. And they're, they hold high positions in the church and the, yeah, and the, the government. Is they have them as psychologists, teachers. Yes. It's yes. just embedded in society with just normal, everyday. Not so you only, people. you only progress if you've, if you're part of this, you know. Mm -hmm. You get lifted up. It's Gadianton. I mean, it's the Book of Mormon. Like, it's literally happening. I know. Sometimes yeah. we really just try to turn a blind eye to it just because we don't like it or whatever. But, man, yeah. it, it, it's here. It's now, and, and it's, it's got to be crazy. My neighbor is in it, and she's, like, really high up. She's a nurse midwife. She doesn't know I know all this stuff, but I do. <laughs> and I'm like, ah watching mm. to be careful around those people one time one time I left I was at this is when I was in the Presbyterian church and my daughter was at a youth thing and I go to pick her up and that was the only lady with my daughter and I just had a fit because there's always supposed to be two adults and I ripped into her <laughs> <laughs> you guys like big time she knows I she knew I knew so. <laughs> sorry that's bringing back <gasps> I think that we need to be aware of it I just I remember back when I was uh, first when I had my first child now I grew up in an era that if you forgot to lock your door at night it's no big deal people left their keys in the car because nobody wanted your car I mean they they had morals back then even your your schools had morals in their stories which they don't do now you know, and so when I got married and I had this first child, I was kind of embarrassed because, um, I mean, he was, a few, I don't know, three, four years old, and he wanted to go down to the neighbors to play, you know, have some playtime, and they were only a few houses apart, but I was so paranoid, and I thought, what's wrong with me? My mom let us run the all over the town. We'd come home for lunch. We'd come home for dinner, you know, but nobody wanted anybody else's kids back then, you know, <laughs> but um. But that's not the story. And now, and I remember it was right after, um, oh, he does the the uh, most wanted people. What it was his son that was killed when he was just a little boy. Um, uh, Adam. Adam. Yeah. You know. his, yeah. And it, that had happened at that time. And I was just horrified. I, I couldn't even believe it. So I didn't want to let my little boy out of my sight for anything, you know. And I, I finally got to the point where I had to realize my, I'm not raising my children in the same world I grew up. And I have to take uh, precautions for that. And so when you say these things are happening, they are happening. We don't like getting into the gory detail because it's just sickening. But we need to be aware that it's happening for multiple reasons to know that this is what we have come to and to protect ourselves and our families. And, to, you know, there's, we have to be aware, but we don't have to delve into it. I, it was funny because I spent a lot of time in the temple this week. And, you know, when Satan talks about, I'm going to take the treasures of the earth and buy up armies and navies, and he does. 
he takes gold, uh, gold and silver. But I got thinking, take, I'm going to take the treasures of, what are the treasures of the earth? What are the most treasured of the earth? Our children. He's claiming our children, you know? And so I, I don't know. I just saw it in a whole different light and it, it just kind of opened my eyes up to, he's doing, he's doing the dastardly thing and we've got to, you know, we've got to try, we've got to try to, to, to save our children. You can see why we, we pray for the, the Lord to come because it's almost bigger than life anymore. And it is horrible. You don't, it's, it just disturbs you to think about what they do. Mm -hmm. Like, like that, that kidnapping, a lot of the kidnappings, they take the kids and they're put into ritualistic abuse and programmed and then they're put back out and that kid actually has he's in a high high position he's still alive he's an older man now and he's a leader of a state he's actually trying to run for president so that's how evil it is I'm not going to say names because it makes me sound crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do. They reprogram them to do whatever. I, I know about this because my partner was grew up in that kind of a cult when she was really little. And this was many years ago, but it's real. It really happens like that. Mm -hmm. Scary. Yeah, it is. Um, at one point, Maria's hand was uh, up. Uh, did you have uh, something that you'd like to share? If not, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say that um, I think of that. I'm cleaning the church this morning. Um, uh, I think about that every time when uh, when Lucifer said, send me. And then he was cast down. So where was he cast down? I don't know. But he, because this is before the earth was created, if, if, if it's the order that we see in the temple. Um, and he had all that time. And just like Kathy said, like, yeah, our greatest treasure. I mean, he had time to just think of the most vile things and ways to, to penetrate our lives without us even knowing. I mean, talk about, I mean, he had so much time, so much time to think of all these things and followers that, you know, looked at him like he was the greatest ever. So anyway, I, it, it is, it's, it's astounding that you think it's bad. And then it's like Shalice, then you find out it's worse than you. <laughs> you kind of know all the stuff, but then it's like worse. So that's yeah. all I had to say. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this last week, um, the Lord had me listen to uh, Lance Richardson's presentation again. Um, and I, I don't know, that's one of my favorite um, kind of experiences. Uh, it's kind of right up there with like visions of glory and different ones. But um, anyway, just how he describes certain things in the end time uh, that uh, the Lord told the, the Hopis and uh, the... Uh, Tibetans and, and everybody, uh, lots of different things to look for. And when um, uh, men will think they know more than the great God and say, I want to be a woman and, uh, and how that prophecy is <laughs> 
clearly uh, been uh, started anyway. Uh, who knows how much further it can get, but um, uh, when we'll do this, when we'll do this. And he's just kind of describing in end time Sodom and Gomorrah uh, over again, that we we have such a depravity and, and a loss of family. That was the, the main thing that the Lord told all of these uh, groups of people uh, that Lance Richardson was, was finding, a common theme that when the family is lost, that's when um, everything happens, that uh, we have to maintain the sanctity of family. That's the only thing that pulls us through. And so anyway, it was just so interesting how Sodom and Gomorrah and family, not compatible. That's that's what the one kind of kingpin in, in the whole thing. Um, we have to maintain the the moral rectitude of women. Uh, wasn't that President Nelson, right? I, I think yep. I'm <laughs> quoting correctly. Yeah, I remember that one. And and maintain the families and and all of this kind of stuff, like, so because that's where my mind goes. It's like, okay, here's all of this kind of crazy stuff, but what do I do about it? You know, listen and to so, your mother. <laughs> yeah, listen to my mother. <laughs> and uh, we have to maintain families, and and that's what Satan's attacking a lot, right? I mean, we all have issues in our our families, and it's it's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. but, um, if we can push through it, maintain, and uh, have that, if we can build Zion within our own hearts, within our own families, it'll eventually ripple out and we can build communities and um, uh, Zion, uh, the actual city of it, um, with that in mind. But it, it all starts there. The family is is uh, ordained of God for that specific purpose to, to thwart the, or, or to be the counterpart to the, the end time Sodom and Gomorrah that uh, is prophesied and is alive and well in in our world right but anyway it was just kind of an interesting juxtaposition of lance richardson's with uh this lecture number 11 this week it was an interesting dual read yeah. um what else there was one other thing here that it was interesting oh um around uh, 2743 uh talking about self-discipline and where this is a, a huge thing because in the last days i mean peter gives a, a pretty stark uh contrast right um uh that we will be ungodly and unclean and uh, filthy and, and everything and it all kind of comes down to self-discipline and how in a quickly moving world of technology and and busyness, how self-discipline is one of the first things to go. I mean, we're so addicted to to every single thing in, in our world. But if we think celestial, we can uh, regain that, that self-discipline. I have to tell you guys what happened to me just recently, because I have no self-control sometimes with social media. My phone will not load Facebook now. God oh. is helping me. And I've only been on it twice. And somebody sent me a, well, Maria sent me a story. And I'm like, where'd you find this? And she's like, it was on Facebook. And I'm like, well, I only go on it once a week now. <laughs> but guys, it's working. Because <laughs> I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's kind of liberating almost. It is. <laughs> it, it's I hard spent, the first little while. I have so much more time. <laughs> and honestly, I was just reading, uh, you know, Ezra's Eagle and those kind of things. So I knew what was going on, but <laughs> I'm out of the loop now. Mm -hmm. I think it's hilarious, though. I'm like, okay, thank you. 
and I've tried, I keep trying to load it. My phone must, my memory must be really full and I'm not going to fix it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with this sign of no, get away from Babylon. Mm -hmm. Nice. I think it's kind of funny too. Yep. It's very interesting how, how the Lord intervenes in those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, it's not just the self-discipline thing, though. Just, you know, reading that and, and I mean, our, yeah, like you're saying, our world. It's, there's a severe lack of self-discipline, but you can see it's been designed to get us to that point, you know, um, just, um, just the, the availability of everything and the instant gratification that we can get, you know, there's no waiting, there's no, oh, just going without or, you know, and I can see I've been guilty of that as much as anyone else. And, I can see how I've passed that on to my kids and it's just it feels icky and sad and yeah. Mm -hmm. it's kind I, of like could walk, those... I could get in, whoops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, go for it. <laughs> oh, I could get up, walk into the family room and get on my laptop, but this room is big and so I don't heat it. And I walk in, I'm like, no, it's too cold. I'm not going in there and getting on my laptop. So I was like, Keeping the uh, addictive stuff in an uncomfortable place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, the internet doesn't work very well in some parts of my house. So anyway, it's it's working. Yep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm just looking through. I'd, I'll just put a plug in for Isaiah because... Uh, when he turns to quote Isaiah, which is just a few times in this half of the lecture, I just get so happy. Like I love, I love his translation of Isaiah. Like it just, it's understandable. It feels direct. It's very direct. Um, it's not super flowery, you know. I've studied it and I am so familiar with it. I almost know exactly when he's quoting Isaiah or when anyone does. I'm like, that's Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And it just, it brings me comfort. I guess that's the word. I'm like, oh, back to Isaiah. Like he says it like it is. And yeah, I love Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to to ask yourself 10 years ago, if you would love Isaiah and just have that same feeling, right? I mean, it, it's just kind of foreign because we we like to do this thing where we make fun of how hard Isaiah is and all this kind of stuff. But like, really, when when it's quoted and stuff, it brings peace. I, I, I love it. Uh, just like you said, uh, isn't that a, a funny change? Um, well, one year ago. Yeah, just one year ago. <laughs> There's some people that have been studying it uh, for as long as Avraham has, and I, I never know which audience I'm <laughs> talking to. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, even just one year ago. Yep. <laughs> it's it's amazing how fast that 
shift can happen too, you know, cause yeah, I, I mean, it's been super recent where it's like, oh, Isaiah, you know, blow it off, skip over it. And to just like, it's all about Isaiah, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah, my friend was talking about, you know, she was having a conversation with her sister-in-law of essentially just saying how, you know, with Isaiah and Revelation, that, you know, well, God wouldn't expect all of us to become scriptorians and to understand these things. And, and it was kind of her way of saying that really searching and watching for signs was looking beyond the mark. (laughs) And, and anyways, it's just, you know, like I hear that and instantly, you know, like, oh, you know, that's so wrong. But what I have thought, you know, what I have felt like that was so wrong just a few years ago, you know, uh, and, you know, and, and, and how learning Isaiah, all of a sudden, you just see all of these, I mean, commandments for one, like third, third Nephi, you know, directly from Christ telling us we need to search Isaiah and, and then just among other things. And, and yeah, it's just like, how, how are we missing this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it's so rich. Did you guys see that little story? This is the story Maria was telling me about that was in Ezra's Eagle about the little family that just disappeared just this week from Utah and they went up up by you Cameron they're somewhere up there by you guys <laughs> and they mentioned Avraham and how kind of a second day watchers are a cult and I'm like oh here we go they're gonna try to make us all seem weird because we like to study Isaiah and read visions of glory and all those things and kind of that story I thought oh oh here comes maybe the way some of us will be persecuted mm-hmm. because we've read and we know scriptures a little bit better but there's a family that one of the ladies left her husband in Arizona and took her sounds like one of the kids has the dad has custody and she just took him and they went up with the crazy uncle and they have all this off, off, um, you know, mountain gear to survive in the wilderness. Hmm. They think they're probably up in Canada now or something, but it just, I remember reading it thinking, oh, this is maybe how some of us will start to be a bit that weird you know for because we seek it out and we're studying it yeah that's that's always i I guess i don't live by fear but like that's always one of my biggest fears you know to use a a phrase um of like okay how do i always maintain a good check in so that i'm not falling off the (laughs) the wagon you know like there's there's something to be said for for receiving personal revelation and getting good at it and then avoiding that deception because the cunning one, like you said, he's, he's had millennia of years to practice and get yeah, good, yeah. own his craft to deceive us. 
um, in the good, the bad, the ugly, like he can deceive us in our addictions, he can deceive us in our studies and, and things. So like, uh, always making sure to to have good uh, checks and, and set up good checkpoints and, and things um, to safeguard against all that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying uh, with anybody's given uh, situation or anything, maybe that was personal revelation, they need to go out or whatever, who knows, but um, yeah, uh, because we look at at certain cases that, like daybells, whatever have you, and you're like, okay, how do I prevent that in my life? Right. You know? that's, what, that's what I always try to examine. Okay, am I doing? No, I'm not. <laughs> We're supposed to be prepared. We're so you know, and we've had our personal revelation of what we need to do to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it can change too, right? Like one day the Lord can say, boom, I need you to do this. And it's going to sound crazy. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then the next day it's like, okay, but now that was just a test, to, you know, kind of back off, whatever. Um, but anyway. Mine was, mine was get all this stuff and then, oh, it's for someone else probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what I was referring to. I was like, oh, and I, it's not for me. Okay. Good. Well, I've got it now anyway. So <laughs> did my thing. Katie, come and get all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? Like I was just noticing that. Um, oh no, I think I saw Facebook posts about um, you know, just uh, just around food storage and sharing or whatever and and I realized like oh my gosh God is so great at teaching us things when we're ready and and just the progression of it right like yeah like when I first started on that journey it was just all about how do I save myself my family I'm gonna save me <laughs> you know so foolish but um but that's become you know big importance to me of just the food storage and 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 how that's transitioned into like um yeah there's a good chance that's not for us and and i feel so like it's so important to be willing to share and give even you know that last bit of meal that i may have the importance of sharing that and now my mindset is just like, what would benefit others? Like when I buy things, like I am more thinking of like, what might help other people? And anyways, it's just, I, when I was thinking about that, it was just really, it was just a nice little moment of like, okay, God is, God is working on me, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, because like, self-reliance is is great but it's just about self I, I guess I shouldn't say great um but when you're so focused on on yourself and saving yourself kind of a thing versus that that transition like you said that happens when self-reliance becomes like a Zion reliance and how can I help other people better how can I uh use my abundance to to build God's kingdom and and save others kind of thing it's where it needs to go and then the Lord gets us there, <laughs> but sometimes our initial panic might uh, <laughs> be the motivating force at, at first. Yeah. Now I just, yeah. Now I'm just praying. I sincerely praying that like in the moment when faced with that, 
that I will remember, that I will trust, I'll let, cast out that fear, and yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. easy to say now. I'll be so yeah. charitable. Give it all away. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then we have like stories like Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction, right? And you're like, yeah. In and that moment. Gone. What, what what's going to be my reaction <laughs> like the widow and she's starving and her son is dying and she shares her last bit will we really do that we mm. have to yeah that showed us all of those stories so we can hopefully have learned <laughs> no we really have the perfect like children's book in in scripture right like all of the right parables all of the right stories to to teach us all the lessons that we need to prepare us the days ahead some of them are a little bit drier than others <laughs> just kidding almost like we have a merciful god preparing us right i know right <laughs> like who would have thought <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah did you guys all see that little interview of abraham with quick media this this past week mm -mm. yeah i'm pretty it's out of really it. <laughs> it's really good um i didn't know he was baptized in the pool of alone is that mm -hmm. he's i don't know i it was a very awesome interview yeah isn't that so cool talking that, about Isaiah. when you said that i'm like oh yeah i did know that once upon a time i forgot about that <laughs> it's like wow what a cool baptism story <laughs> he kind of said in passing and i was wondering that he was the first he talked about being a citizen of israel he did say that and I didn't know that. And I wondered, is that is that because he's Jewish? Does he have Jewish background? Coming from the Netherlands, that it, he was converted to Judaism. And then he, I don't know. That's what I was wondering. He watched that YouTube though. He explains it all. Journey. Oh, I've watched that one two or three times, and I still. He just said, I mean, he talked about moving to Israel and then he just said he was a citizen. And so I wasn't sure. He's there for a few years. Doing he might can have dual citizenship. Because some places you can get dual citizenship, just but it's for the fact that you live, you know, if you got citizenship. Well, there. I just thought in Israel, you couldn't be a citizen unless you were Jewish. Okay. That's why I was wondering. Not sure. You're gonna have to go watch that interview now. <laughs> yeah, it's really and quick, good. don't let it fool you. It's CWIC. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, there are Muslims that live in Israel, and I believe they're citizens. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they're citizens. I know that they live there, but I don't know. I'm gonna look that up, actually, because yeah. I'm. I'm not sure either, but I. I think they are, but I'm not positive. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people living in our country that aren't citizens, so mm -hmm. I, I was just curious, or maybe things were different. I don't know. I just was curious if anyone knew because I wasn't quite sure from the interview. Yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I've run out of my specific notes for, for this one. Anybody else have anything that they would really like to, to touch on in End Time Sodom and Gomorrah for the first half anyway? Um, looking at the calendar for next week, making sure that we're going to go. 
yeah so next week we'll do the the second half of lecture 11. you guys have to talk a little bit longer since i just hopped on yeah. <laughs> tell us something <laughs> i i was kind of bummed last night because um i don't want to say bummed but i was excited looking forward all week to joining you guys and then i realized the temple groundbreaking ceremony was at the same time so I raced up here as soon as it was over. <laughs> <laughs> so remind me, isn't that the one that's like right next to you? Um, like mm -hmm. I mean, you can see it pretty much in your backyard. <laughs> pretty much, almost, almost. I mean, it's like two miles away, but yeah, uh -huh. like that's it's so right by us. And um, it was held in our church building because it's been pouring rain for this whole week. It was beautiful yesterday, pouring all night long. Mm. So they decided to do it inside. We went and cleaned the church last night. Um, and they had it all set up. And, uh, but mostly it wasn't, like it was conducted from not our stake president, but the stake president of the Fort Worth stake and um, choir from another, you know, just different temple district wards mm. and stakes were participating. So, so did they like, how did they do did they use shovels at all or did they just like well so do they, they have the, they... yes <laughs> they had the gold shovels leaning up against the stand and they said um we know that you were hoping to watch that but we won't be doing that but it is as if we are there they dedicated the ground mm -hmm. um so the dedicatory prayer and then it was over but they said they would be going over sometime today to do that initial okay. double I, I was the ground. wondering if they like brought in a couple buckets or whatever, and then just you know, I know. <laughs> did little things or, uh, I, I love contingency plans and seeing how <laughs> they do things. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and they had a big picture of the temple, um, a rendition of what it's going to look like. It looks a lot like the McAllen Temple. Oh really? So yeah, let's see. I have a picture. Let's see. Since I was there cleaning last night, I took a photo of the setup. <laughs> Um, According to Google, Arab citizens of Israel are the largest ethnic minority in the country. Okay, so they are. So that's what it looks like, will look like, kind of like a mission style. Uh -huh. yep. So anyway, they had flowers up and everything. Stephen, could you say that again? The Arab citizens of Israel are the largest ethnic minority in the country. So you just, you can be a citizen no matter what religion or, you know, okay. they're very mixed. Hmm. Yeah, for some reason, I had just thought you could only be a citizen if you were Jewish. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe you can claim like there. instant residency or citizenship if you are Jewish. Maybe that's what it is, something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys for still being on. I thought you'd be going a little longer than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we, we usually do. I, don't know. <laughs> I know, but Sodom and Gomorrah is such a great topic. <laughs> <laughs> we talked, it was kind of yeah. talking about some of it, huh? Yeah, the dark stuff of our day. Icky stuff. <laughs>
But there were prophets of old that were so excited for our day and they thought that we need to be here. And they must not have been looking at all the garbage. <laughs> there must be something good coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's the two extremes, right? The really righteous and the really unrighteous. Mm -hmm. That's Whoa. one thing that I really love about um, Lance Richardson's fictional one, the the Zion mm -hmm. uh, City of Enoch book. Um, uh, how they kind of escape their uh, destructive city and, and build Zion and all of the different things that they had to go through to, to do that. Because like each of the characters in the book um, have their own challenges to, to overcome. So like the, the one son um, was one of the, uh, I don't know, like worldly priests or, or whatever, and uh, had to uh, he had his uh, initiation in a grove and uh, repenting for for all of that and, and things and and then you have some people that are prideful that have to overcome that and anyway just get, like this group of misfits <laughs> for lack of a better word that are all overcoming and listening to this prophet as uh, leading them through all of the the challenging things that that come some of them listen sometimes and have to um uh flee instantly some of them have to um kind of do it the hard way and they don't listen at, at this advice and then they get separated from the group and have to come in later at a, at a different point kind of thing but anyway it was an interesting uh way to to look at it um but one thing that he emphasizes over and over and over is the um when something ramps up evil the the good matches it and and the mm -hmm. lord has prepared it ahead of time in order to uh, to be in equilibrium that uh, he's he's always got the the plan uh, fixed because Satan's just a imitator of of everything so we know that that God's in charge and God's the the first iteration of the uh, the plan kind of thing it's a very interesting book to I've been I've been pondering these last couple of days I just really followed the Tim Ballard thing going on and shocked by the twists of words used, almost echoes of Chad and Laurie Daybell. Yeah. And yeah. And then um, there's another, I guess there was a family, a wife, her married daughter left. Oh, and, and her brother left to go. Did you guys hear about this? Left to go. To Idaho and yeah, took, took their son against his will. He was 16. They think he's going to be the Davidic servant. They're going up. This is the call. Oh, and I'm like, wow. Oh. And they were reading visions of glory and they keep bringing visions of glory into Tim Ballard. And I don't know why, but they also, the husband of this wife said that, um, she'd been recently studying Abraham Gileadi. And I'm like, how what because he doesn't talk about anything like that and i'm just well but he I'm does just, he's a big supporter of the visions of glory i think they just tire they're tying everybody together maybe but I, well i'm just i'm just watching this and thinking wow how vigilant we have to be how vigilant we have to be to not let ourselves be entrapped. Well, 
Exactly. I've I've been thinking of too, because like seeing these connections with, yeah, the Tim Ballard, mm-hmm. Visions of Glory, and Jody Hildebrandt, these, all these people. Who, I've heard that name before, and I don't know who she is. Just a, just a therapist that is, yeah, she's, there's some interesting stuff there, but but I was, and and I've, and I've actually, you know, listened to all these people and, and, and I haven't like, by no means have I come to a conclusion that just broad brush, you know, oh, they're all crazy. They're all like everybody, you know, like people are trying to convince, you know, like if there's any kind of connection, we have to just assume that they're all evil and corrupt. But, but I, it was like a, a, a good moment or opportunity for me to go like, Okay, so what if, what if it came out that all of that was true or all these accusations and stuff like, you know, I, and, and really it's just like, yeah, could I be okay with it, you know, or do I have to, you know, shatter and lose my testimony and all that I've learned and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I have to remember everything we watch and listen to is true or you know part truths mingled with scripture i don't know i said that wrong but you know what i mean (laughs) we have to be very careful for some of the things that get slipped in for sure yeah and i wasn't i wasn't sure how visions of glory worked into it all because i in either one because um i read it i love it but i didn't get things like weird end time stuff out of it. Not what these people are doing. I mean, Tim Ballard was telling these women that he was going to, he was going to be the prophet. And I'm like, like, how do you get that? That he's been ordained of God and Levi's come to him. I mean, he's just, he's just whacked out. If what they're saying is true. Supposedly we heard that from Spencer. Yeah, that's what I had heard. Who heard heard. it from? Tim heard it from Spencer? Supposedly. And did I hear, did he pass away? I heard something that said, they referenced him as if he had passed away. And I I hadn't heard that anywhere. So I didn't know. I don't think so. Boy. So he he had met with Spencer, huh? And Spencer told him he would be the prophet? Or is he just claiming that? Because he was a child therapist. That's how they were kind of involved. Um, And Tim was saving children. And and this, as they met, this is what I'm assuming. And he was like, wow, you're prophet material. I don't know. Well, that's All different here, that you're going to become a prophet, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was present well, from what, yeah, but who knows? Yeah, it's so hard. I don't know. Some people use those words interchangeably. Mm. Yeah. Right, prophet and president. But there was, yeah, just something I was watching, wasting my time on. Um, yeah, there's definitely a connection with, yeah, with mm-hmm. Tom and Tim Ballard and some of these other people with this, uh, they're, they're talking about this eternal core 
conference thing. Um, so they're definitely they're I mean, they're definitely connected, but it's, you know, but I think, you know, yeah, this one side wants you to make you think that since they're all connect, there's connection there that you can just label it all evil and cold, right. this and that. But yeah, but like I was saying, like, there's part of me that's like, I need to be okay if I just think we live in a day that it's like, we need to be okay if we are willing, you know, if the spirit does witness to us that like, there's some valid concern here, like maybe, you know, people kind of losing their way or this or that, that, that I can still, yeah, that I can be okay with that and, and not let that, I don't know, just because I you, you know you get the vibe that you know the people really speaking out against are just trying to like you know if you believe in this stuff you are just you're going to be a daybell you're going to be a this or right that. And it's like no I can you know like there's there's examples of people having truth and and losing their way you know like mm-hmm. we're all susceptible and yeah and and not to trust in the arm of flesh you know whether that's somebody we have a lot of respect for or not like we just I don't know just that witness of like man it really is between us and the Lord Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. anyway yeah I just I just wanted to share that just that we just need to be very vigilant and follow the prophet and what he said is turning us to Christ and the Holy ghost. Right. Mm-hmm. So That's very interesting. Like, I guess I'm just like totally secluded when uh, the Isaiah Institute put out that thing, like the statement about Davidic servant, I was like, okay. And <laughs> I didn't know that there was a story behind it. <laughs> uh, there's all this drama. Of, uh, that I part. didn't know they put out a statement about the Davidic servant. When was that? Uh, either last night or this morning i can't remember okay it must have been it must have been because of this woman and her brother and daughter that left uh-huh. kidnapping yeah. their son like when you were saying that or whatever and they think that the the kid's going to be the davidic servant i'm like oh that's why they had to do that i guess yeah because they did it so officially or whatever like they said official statement from the isaiah institute kind of thing and i'm like huh yeah. it's kind of like the family proclamation i was reading it and i'm like Okay, obvious, and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're just concerned about this boy because he's a big guy. I think he's a football player, and he they kind of took him against his will, and if they're trying to make him do things, the dad's like, he will fight them, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid of what will happen. So, That's so anyway, yeah, kind of yeah. exciting times we live in, and I yeah, there's always- such a spiritual battle, huh? Yeah. Back in the uh, 1950s, um, there was a uh, guy who decided he was Jesus Christ in Los Angeles. Uh And uh, somebody blew him up and he never came back. Uh, (laughs) Didn't work out the way that he thought. It didn't work out real well. And that was kind so of they blew him up because he wanted that, or they just I don't know. Up? I I don't know what the motive was. They didn't ever find the people who blew him up, so we don't know. But he uh, somebody planted a bomb under his house, and 
and uh, blew him up and he died so so now we know he wasn't jesus apparently he wasn't jesus christ because he never returned <laughs> i guess it's like Lori daybell she was translated <clears throat> but for being translated she's not faring too well wow. <laughs> she should be able wow. to just move out of prison shouldn't she yeah, <laughs> yeah. and she's looking worse and worse physically yeah oh, man. yeah yeah, it's a crazy time to <laughs> be alive and stuff. That's why I'm just like, the more and more, like, I, I just get off of social media and stuff. Like, I, I really haven't done anything. And I'm, it's so fun to come do our lectures. I'm like, oh, really? The world's falling apart. Cool. You really want to turn to Christ when it falls apart because when you start hearing all this, okay. I can't digest this stuff. So let's just go to Christ. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. Well, and like, yeah, what others have pointed out, it's like you just, you know, what is truth? Like trying to figure that out. It is, yeah, looking to Christ is our only way. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also finding it interesting. Like you always think past generations were better and we're degrading. But I'm really realizing that what we're seeing now has been repeated over and over and i just watched this one video like because it was an interesting it caught my attention on youtube that the very last thing that happens in any culture before it falls apart is that men dresses women and women dresses men and they try to change genders and i thought it has it's repeating mm -hmm. over and over and over we might be more sophisticated. They may not have done surgery. I don't know, like we do now, but isn't it interesting that we really have done all of that over and over and over again? It's crazy. In studying history, I found like I when I was back in school, history, whatever, but now I'm like, no, if you, if you really study history, you can see the patterns. And the real thing. <laughs> but what happens and and how that offends the lord and what the lord does in in the meantime anyway it it's such a, a crucial thing you know that i always go back to that scripture from when the lord uh instructed the saints to to form the school of the prophets right and um saying study things in the earth and above the earth and the kingdoms and, and principalities and languages and all of this kind of stuff he's he lines out their curriculum and saying how that's good to study those things and i'm like but why 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 politics uh, there there's a huge reason <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i find that so interesting and likewise you know you think oh there couldn't have been temples like we have and yet you think they have to have had temples and done temple work um they didn't have videos um but if you haven't watched bruce porter book of abraham youtube video super interesting i think i've shared it in a group before with cameron mm -hmm. um super interesting because he worked with hugh nibley i believe it was he references hugh nibley um and he the church sent him back to egypt to study egypt and he never says this is like the temple he is LDS, obviously, but um, you listen to it and you'll go, oh my gosh, 
oh my gosh, I know that. And I know that. And I know that. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that. And the whole video was just amazing. About, yeah. And these are people obviously that weren't authorized. They had the endowment, but they weren't authorized with the priesthood, right? Was it Ham that settled Ham and Egyptus? Is that who it was that settled Egypt? Mm-hmm. He didn't have the priesthood authority to do that. And so it eventually got corrupted. But anyways, it's just yeah. super interesting. Very interesting, all the Egyptian tie-ins and, and things. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting when you think that, as we know from Avraham, that the United States is Egypt in the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, thanks for chatting with me a little bit longer, guys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we head on out? I just, I wanted to ask you a question. Like, I don't, it doesn't need to be recorded. It's about something completely different. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 